Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the South. Lay Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond listening to us via the iHeart Radio application, listening to us perhaps on TuneIn. Maybe you're even catching the show on your favorite podcast player of choice. Good to be back with you. We've made some changes here to the Palatial 108 studios, and we've got things rocking and rolling for you. And hopefully uh, we will have this show go off without a hitch today. thought we've had a great week so far, heading into the Thursday edition of the program. And, of course, some of those changes may even include a little different camera angle from time to time. But thank you for being a part of what we've got going on. Again, if you want to be a part of the show now, the easiest way to do that is, of course, to text us, 803-450-0086, 803-450-0086, and legendary Clemson SID Tim Beret set to join us here in just a little bit. So it should be a lot of fun talking about Clemson from the historical perspective. Obviously, yesterday we had a great opportunity to talk with Ivan Mazel about his article on Newt Rockney. That touches and hits right home, or you know, right at home for a guy like Tim Beret, who was a, a Notre Dame graduate and a huge Notre Dame fan. So we'll talk with Tim. He spent so many years dedicating his life to uh, helping out with the Clemson Tiger program. Now we'll get a chance to catch up with him as we do every Thursday. Looking forward to that coming up in hour number two and there have been there's so much going on in the world of sports even still most of it dealing with cancellation some of that will also hit close to home for Tim Beret as uh, the British Open has now thrown his name the the Open Championship I should say has thrown his name into being one of those sporting events that's been uh, cancelled so unfortunately that's where we are we will continue though here on the show that shakes the Southland to hang out with you to bring you high-quality content and to talk about everything going on in the world of sports as best we can uh, as things do continue to disappear from the calendar, so to speak, and maybe even more so some of the things that you might want to start focusing on are how will that calendar perhaps be reset in terms of uh, you know what you can expect from the fall with college football, what you can expect next year in terms of basketball and, and baseball, and when 
will we potentially see any shift in the momentum away from the coronavirus and more towards uh, the positive side of what's coming out of there as the numbers continue to climb here in the United States of America, which I know is painful for a lot of people hitting close to home uh, as uh, the number of cases ramp up and the number of deaths increase in the state of South Carolina as well. I've seen a lot of people talking about that again. Uh, our thoughts and prayers, as always, is since this uh, since this pandemic has started, go out to everybody who has not only been affected by it, but those of you on the front lines that are are you know right there in the mix, day to day operations, um, you know, doing everything that you can. Uh, to help save lives and to to put us all in a better place. So, again, we do want to just thank everybody uh, who is out there, uh, who is going through uh, you know, right there in the fire. And, and for those of you that are dealing with this personally, uh, we send our thoughts and prayers to you. And, you know, what, what I think has probably been most humbling here recently is the fact that you're beginning to see younger individuals who don't have these underlying health issues passing away from the coronavirus. And I don't want to say that that we were told initially incorrect data per se, but I do believe that uh, older people are more susceptible to this. But, man, it just feels like every time I, I look around, I'm seeing a 45-year-old, a, a 39-year-old. We've seen uh, even some children, sadly, who have passed away from this virus. So we continue to, to just you know, keep you all in our thoughts and prayers. And we hope that you know, things will uh, begin to improve here uh, in our country sooner rather than later. But, again, uh, with college sports, the timetable still uh, on the – you know, kind of on the uh, with a big question mark, maybe the best way to put it. You know, I think colleges, coaches, athletic directors will hear from Dabo Sweeney tomorrow uh, as we will get a chance to sit down with him with the media. But I, I do believe one of the things that we are going to see uh, in the near future uh, is some sort of change to the calendar. And, and I know that's not what you wanted to hear on the program today. But I do believe the reality exists that we're going to have to come to uh, the recognition maybe earlier than I even thought, uh, where I thought you might have a month or so to, to kind of make these decisions. I think you and, and maybe I'm still not far off on that, honestly, but I do believe that we are closer to learning more about what the and I, I'm, I'm going to hesitate on calling it the fate of the college football season will be, but I do think we are going to begin to hear some semblance of what a calendar change or a calendar adjustment could look like for the college football season. You know, just simply because I, I, I know it's April and I know we've got the summer months, but the further out I see things being canceled the closer I recognize that September is, uh, especially when you work into uh, the time that players have to get to campus to go through fall practice, uh, all of those things that, that go along with uh, this sport that you and I both love happen well in advance of the college football season, which makes me believe 
that the decisions that are going to be made on the NCAA, you know, on the college football season, could come a lot sooner than I think anybody wanted to recognize a week ago. And that, in and of itself, I think is one of the more telling observations that I would have for you over the past 24, 48 hours is simply that now we are really getting into a scenario where the conversations about what the, 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 the brain trust conversations about what maybe even the prerequisites that would have to take place. What are those things that would have to fall in line in order for this season to unfold? And maybe it unfolds quite differently than we've ever seen it unfold. Now, I'm going to try to publish a a question for you over on Facebook. Uh, just to see if we can get this card to work. Yesterday, as you are aware, if you watch the show and you're hanging out with us, you know that we, for, for whatever reason, although we were publishing uh, these questions about you know different line items that I'm talking about during the program, uh, we, we know that some of you weren't able to see those, maybe the majority of you. And even right now, with the way it looks, it makes me think you're not seeing it, but two days ago, when that was the case, you actually did. So, uh, from that perspective and from that standpoint, I do want to say that we have a question up. It's who is your current, who is currently your favorite Clemson Tiger football player? Uh, yesterday, I recognized when I built that question that I may have uh, failed to to put it just to one sport. And for some of you, maybe that's not a big deal because maybe it was going to be a football player no matter what. For others of you, maybe that is a big deal. So with that on the docket, we've got it out there for you. Who's your, you know, who's currently your favorite Clemson football player? Offense, defense, special teams. That's that's fine. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a pretty heavy Trevor Lawrence question. I know for certain if you'd asked this back in 2016, it would have been dominated by a a guy named Deshaun Watson. Not many people would have put Wayne Gallman. I think Travis Etienne's going to threaten here, though, a little bit. Now, on to that, Hunter Renfro would have been a sneaky selection back a few seasons ago. As I said yesterday, maybe that becomes Amari Rogers for a lot of you. So we've got that on, you know, that, that question is out there. Uh, if you want to weigh in, please do on Facebook. We'll talk about it. If you want to tell us why, that's also, uh, you know, something we'll get into here because ultimately, you might not get a chance to see Trevor Lawrence playing the Clemson uniform again. You might not get a chance to see. Travis Etienne playing a Clemson uniform again, or Amari Rogers playing a Clemson uniform again, and that that might be a scary thought. And maybe the the bigger and more you know more prevalent thought is that these college athletic directors know they've got to get this college football season in financially. They have to get it in, and if that ends up being the case, is it something that's played calendar wise during the spring? next year 
And I can't imagine when I look at what the spring calendar already looked like this year with baseball, with basketball still playing, with softball taking off. Uh, with all of the sports in the spring that were just getting ramped up, uh, could you imagine trying to fit into that schedule weekends with college football? So that's one of the things, too, that I think you know, if you are a fan of this sport, I think that you uh, will quickly recognize that changes are most likely going to take place. What those changes look and feel like, I can't really tell you. I want to know, though, if our poll question is showing up. So I'm taking a look now. I'm pulling up the video because I want to see. Edward says, what's up, Lawton? He says, we'll get through this a little stronger than before. Edward, man, thank you. As a matter of fact, Edward's been a part of the program for a long time. Uh, I went back and was looking through some old messages the other day, and I, I found one from Edward from like 2015. It's been a part of the program for five years now. Listening to us on the iHeartRadio app, listening to us on one of our affiliates, of course, in Columbia, Fox Sports Radio 1400. We're also on in Florence and Manning. And, and, and so we're, we're, we're grateful to still be able to talk about your Tigers. We're grateful that this is a team that's still got a chance to win a national title, but it might not be done in the most conventional format. Uh, WrestleMania is not going to be done in the most conventional format this year. But I do think that maybe my estimations of a timeline of six to eight weeks may have been a a, a little bit naive in terms of when the decisions will be made on college football. I can't imagine the magnitude of, of what that decision will look like from the standpoint of the NCAA, from the standpoint of the Power Five conferences, from the standpoint of the fans. Uh, it, it was hard enough, and it's still very recent, that you can taste the loss of March Madness in the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, that is absolutely out there. And, and I, I just looked. I can't get my poll question to show up. They got. They're, I think they're getting close on this front, though. So kudos to uh, Facebook for trying. I mean, they're at least trying to get this thing up. I'll try to fire it back up again. Who is your current? Who's currently your favorite Clemson football player? That's our poll question. You can leave it in there anyway. Um, but I can't seem to figure out how to get it up. Okay, there we go. I got some stuff. So it looks like it's showing up for some people. Awesome. So we'll get to some of those in just a little bit. So go ahead and uh, put up your favorite Clemson football player. Write that in there. It looks like it may have come back for some people. We'll talk about some of those as we roll along. Uh, I I do believe it is finally showing up, though. So that's that's a step in the right direction. Good job, Facebook. Thanks, Mark. Zuckerberg, uh, but, but college football could be a, a lot different, and the, the pain of 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 that for a lot of fans, and you know the financial burden that families are feeling has been uh, helped out to some degree. Not maybe all families, but if you had a child who was attending Clemson or, or South Carolina. Uh, the, the universities are beginning now to refund some money for things that, well, 
you didn't have to pay for this year, like or at least the, the remaining part of the semester, like the meal plans. Things of that nature are now beginning to be uh, reimbursed to, to families. Obviously, the stimulus package that the government has put together is going to help out uh, many, many people. And I know that, that right now, the numbers of people that are seeking jobs and opportunities are uh, tremendous. And, you know, that's something that if you're in that situation, too, I think I would be remiss if I didn't encourage you um, to, to keep your head up, to, to keep fighting. There are opportunities available. And I, I do believe this thing is going to turn around. I don't know how soon. But I know some people that are already doing things like driving for Uber Eats, doing whatever they can. So things are different. College football may be different this year. And that's something that we've got to begin to at least maybe wrap our minds around just a little bit. Again, coming up a little bit later, Tim Beret. We'll get into a lot of great conversations with Tim and, and maybe even more so because of the historic nature of what he has given to Clemson University. Uh, Looking at this from a historical standpoint, uh, this is, I think, I think this is something that my children will always remember. And it won't be remembered for the, the fun they had when they weren't in school or the fact that their dad had to teach them at the kitchen table. I think that by the time this thing winds down, they will recognize Uh, just how significant this was. Prime example, we had some friends today who uh, came by the house. They didn't come in the house. We stood outside. They stayed essentially by their cars, and uh, we just caught up for a a, a few minutes, something that's still uh, uniquely uncomfortable. And one of the you know, one of the things that one of the kids said when they were leaving, this was some of my, my son's you know best friends growing up his entire life. When they were leaving, they were like, you know, air hug. And so, you know, it's 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 strange and it's a dynamic that we're all adjusting to. But just because this has become the new normal does not mean that we cannot still uh, not just be uh, very successful in what we do and in the way we do it but i think it has made us better in the ways that we are treating each other and the fact that i do miss you know the ability to just put your arm around somebody and tell them hey man i appreciate you yeah i care about what you're doing and you know my good buddy rob sanders who i see almost every day 365 days of the the year, especially weekdays, I haven't seen him in two weeks. That's different. I haven't seen so many people I work with uh, in the schools and also uh, on the radio in in what feels like a month. And so it's it is different for everybody. But but hang in there. Better times are coming. I I thoroughly believe that fact. 803 You can text this program. We'd love to hear from you. 
Uh, Tim Beret coming up here on the program uh, in just a few minutes. If you want to weigh in with us on your thoughts on the college football season at this point, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you on 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 that front. Uh, and, and also, you know, in lieu of WrestleMania looming this weekend, which has traditionally my entire life basically been a huge event, and the fact that they're now doing it fanless and it's already been done, I want to talk about some of those other big matches when I was a kid, when you were a kid. Go ahead and send those our way as well. What's one of the biggest WrestleMania matches you ever remember? We'll talk about that and much more here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Stay with us. Tim Bure set to join the show that shakes the Southland in just a few minutes. And again, thank you to everybody for hanging out with us here on a Thursday afternoon, April the second, April Fool's Day uh, yesterday. I, 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 I'm not like a big, I'm not like a big participator in that event for whatever. I mean, call me a fuddy duddy, call me what you want, but it's just not something I've ever really been been big on. But I got to admit, those of you that got your kids yesterday with the uh, uh, the it was a fake announcement. Somebody photoshopped an announcement from the governor. Uh, Governor Henry McMaster, where on the the lower third graphic, it, it said that kids were going to have to <laughs> the, the kids were going to have to repeat the grade um, that they were currently in. Uh, one of our former colleagues, Jonathan Reynolds, uh, and his wife, who did not want to participate in the uh, coup that they pulled on their son, posted it on Facebook. It was it was spectacular. So kudos to all of you who uh, got your kids like that. I saw one dad. I think it was ESPN put out a video of a of a father who, instead of pulling that shenanigan, this guy convinced his daughters that they were going back to school. Now that's heartbreaking because I think if there's one thing we can all take away from this situation, I think your kids are going to appreciate their teachers their peers at school and the opportunity to go out and 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 you know that's part of the, the you know the maturation process of of going from being a, a child uh, to becoming a, you know a teenager and then ultimately growing into an adult and part of that is that experience that you get for a lot of a lot of kids and to not have that I think kids are going to recognize just how uh, important that that is and this guy had his three daughters they were dressed and ready. Boy, they were they were looking sharp, man. They were going to dress up for their friends. They had all their nice. Yeah, it was like first day of school all over again. You know that first day you got all your good stuff. You <laughs> you see what it looks like about three quarters of the way through the year. Book bags all tattered, kids dragging in. But oh, they were they were ready to go back. And their dad said something to the effect of, uh, do, "Do you guys know what day this is?" <laughs> and, and uh, the one daughter didn't have a clue. She's like, I don't know, March, April, something. And the one girl realized it was April 1st. And uh, what commenced from there was nothing more than uh, 
<laughs> just it was nothing less than I should say spectacular uh, parenting moments as those kids were so mad at their dad. But you know, one of the things when I think many of us were growing up, one of the you know, things that maybe you got angry at your parents about was. If they wouldn't let you buy WrestleMania on pay-per-view, we're not spending 50 bucks on WrestleMania. So, you know, when I was a kid in Barnwell, South Carolina, we didn't have Blockbuster. Some kids are like, what's Blockbuster? Uh, we didn't have... The- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any, like, fancy video. I can't remember some of the other video places. There was one called, like, movies, and the mascot was like a cow or something ridiculous. I seem to have that in, in the back of my mind, too. But we had Video House. Video House 1 and 2. Bustling Industries in Barnwell, South Carolina in the 1980s. Please be kind. Rewind. You know what I'm talking about? So I would wait. And and back then there was not a, there there wasn't the internet so you wouldn't like get the spoilers. And I would I would wait until WrestleMania came out on tape. I I would purposefully not buy my Pro Wrestling Illustrated or those magazines that got me through uh, the tough times, and I would purposefully wait and rent WrestleMania three, Hogan Andre. And, and go through all of those matches. And occasionally in the summer, maybe maybe Video House would have like rent to get one free. And I would I would pretty much throw in something like WrestleMania or, or, or Royal Rumble or Survivor Series. Because one thing I knew, I, I was never great at math, but I knew this. If I rented the Goonies, it was an hour and a half. If I if I rented Back to the Future, it was an hour and a half. If I rented WrestleMania, it was a four hour extravaganza. I was going to get my money's worth. And so you know when you look back on those moments of going to, I always wanted to rent the Toxic Avenger, but even at like two or three bucks, I could never pull that trigger. I was just like, yeah, you know what? This creepy guy with a mop. Google that. Throw that in your Google machine. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, I never did. <laughs> but I've rented a lot of wrestling tapes, and and so that you know kind of fed my my fire when it came to the WWE because in my estimation, the NWA WCW never marketed them, marketed themselves to that degree where even Starcade or, or any of their events felt like something that was must watch that I had to go and 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 get this audio tape to pick it up. But WrestleMania and the WWE and the character the, the characters and the caricatures uh, as well that they created during that time made it worth going and get going and getting. But you know if if you talk about the the top wrestling matches ever, obviously at Wrestle. WrestleMania, Hogan and Andre's got to be near the top. But I've always felt like the big miss for the WWE during that their incredible run and and still really the run that they have was when Hulk Hogan and The Rock faced off at WrestleMania 18. I and you know I 
spoiler alert here, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But the outcome is already, you know, pre-planned with wrestling. I thought in in that moment, and there's always like this contingency plan if somebody gets injured, how they're going to get out, you know, how they're going to take it home. That was a batch, Hogan and The Rock, WrestleMania 18. I really believe that the, the WWE should have sent word to the official, we got to switch the outcome. We got to make that one different. I don't want to give you the result if you don't know what happens, because I want you to go watch it. But if you feel like me, I think you would want a, a, a different result at the end of that match as well. I thought they should have flipped the outcome. 803-450-0086. Quick break. We're back with more of the show that shakes the Southland. In just a few minutes, we're going to get uh, a little bit further into the uh, wrestling deals in terms of some of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. I'll even put that up as a poll question or, or a, a, a I guess it is. It's not a poll question. It's just a question. I'm going to put that up as a question for you over on Facebook. We'll see if we can get some insight from you on that. What's the best uh, WrestleMania match you've ever seen? We'll talk about that and much more here on the show that shakes the Southland. Tim Murray coming up in hour number two. Make sure you stay with us. the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan with you here. Hope you're having a great day. Thank you uh, for being a part of the program and, and bringing us into your house, whether you're watching on Facebook, maybe you're listening to us on your uh, favorite podcast player of choice, maybe you're on your Amazon Echo, Google Home device, however you're listening, wherever you're listening. If you're in Columbia on Fox Sports Radio 1400, maybe you're in Florence on Sports Radio 100.1, The Fan. Maybe you're on 920 AM in Manning. Maybe you're on. Maybe maybe you're just traveling around the highways and byways, getting her done. We appreciate you being a part of things. And uh, again, WrestleMania, weirdly, coming up this weekend, and not in a way that I think many of you would like. It's going to be awkward. I, I know that, but uh, one of the things that I have come to learn through the years of following sports and, and and sports in general is that especially now is that having something uh, to watch is better than having nothing to watch and so even though i think it's going to be very strange with no fans in the uh, arena and a two-day event that the wwe is putting on uh, it will not have the same pomp and circumstance that it once did but uh, i will say i'll go back to it i think number 1 1a and 1b in the history of wrestlemania uh, wrestlemania 3 hogan andre and, and and then wrestlemania 18 Hogan versus The Rock. Now, you might have a better one if you do. I tried to put the poll question up. It, w- it wasn't working. It still wants to know who you think, you know, who's your favorite Clemson player. But I will give you a couple of other ones that I, I really did enjoy. Uh, WrestleMania 24, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn Michaels, who, uh, you know, had, had probably, for a lot of people, you know, my age, if you watch him as one of the rockers coming out of the AWA and then ultimately into the WWE, you kind of know this. There there was a time where when he was breaking up with Marty Jannetty that you were probably growing out of watching wrestling. And you might not, not have seen him build himself up into 
what he what he would eventually become in terms of you know maybe one of the best workers and the closest guy we've seen to being like Ric Flair just in the sense of uh, his ring presence. Uh, his ability to sell and, and 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 very few people could do the things that that Ric Flair could do from that standpoint. But uh, later on in his career, Flair and and Michaels had a match where Flair lost. He, he's got to retire, and, and Shawn Michaels was about to just you know about to deliver uh, sweet chin music, and, and you could see him mouth to Hulk Hogan, "I'm sorry." Or excuse me, to Ric Flair, I'm sorry, I love you. And then he, you know, kicks him, pins him, one, two, three, and uh, you know the rest is the rest is history from there. But yeah, I do think that you know, obviously, uh, these these guys are transformative, and uh, these moments for a lot of us, even though you might have known they were, wait for it, I don't want to say it again, turn down if you don't hear this, scripted, uh, they still shaped us as competitors. And a lot of these guys were, were former stars at the collegiate level playing, playing football. And, you know, from, from guys like Dusty Rhodes to Wahoo McDaniel uh, to The Rock. I mean, you go on and on through the, the, the wrestlers who were all former football players, including Brock Lesnar and, and Bill Goldberg. I mean, there is a direct tie and a direct correlation uh, in a lot of respects between those two sports uh, because of, one, the athleticism of the individuals, two, the size of the guys. Um, even if you look even more locally, say uh, a guy like uh, the Giant, not Andre, Paul White, who played over at King Academy, who also played basketball for Wichita State, but you're talking about just a behemoth in, in terms of his size. So, you know, the connections and the the, the correlations between sports and, and wrestling have, have clearly existed for uh, many, many years. And fortunately, if you've got some other ones that you, you know, want to talk about or, or – or, don't recall, um, you know, from the from WrestleMania. I would give you one more that, that stood out to me as a as a young man, and that was, of course, the match between Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, champion versus champion. Uh, that was something that I'd never seen. You had the Intercontinental Title on the line versus the heavyweight champion uh, Hulk Hogan, and and at the end. Uh, I will tell you, the Ultimate Warrior wins and has both titles. And uh, it was sort of a passing of the torch to some degree, people thought at that time. Um, the Warrior, even less of a worker than Hulk Hogan. But there was still that that young fanfare that children were gravitating more towards being you know, the Ultimate Warriors than they were Hulkamaniacs anymore. So... I think for a lot of you as sports fans, and I think too, it's a regional thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this show is based in Kansas, if wrestling has the same appeal. Uh, it's you know, it's sort of like I think NASCAR. There are areas and pockets of our country that could care less. If you grew up here, maybe you weren't a big WWE fan because it was guys, as we mentioned yesterday, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, 
uh, you know, the guys, uh, Jimmy Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Man, maybe those were the guys that you watched because you were watching Crockett Promotions and the, the NWA. But because of that, it's something that you like. I think it's kind of like this. I'm, I'm consistently surprised and amazed at how well talented musicians know songs from other genres. And just because you're a country singer like Blake Shelton, he knows a lot of pop songs and can potentially play them. And, 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 and that's amazing to me. But it's because he has a connection to it through music. Music is a much broader you know, brush than country, the genre. And wrestling is a much broader, you know, a much broader brush than NWA or WCW. Uh, for, for those people that grew up on it, you can accept the other, especially when it's really Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All you've had for a while, but uh, something to be considered. Now, we're going to shift gears away from wrestling. I've been calling it wrestling. I probably should call it wrestling for some of you. And we're going to talk a little bit about wide receiver you. Sports Illustrated's Reed Foster took a look at it. Who is wide receiver you? We'll tell you what he had to say on that topic uh, right after this. Stay with us on the show, The Chase of Southland. Here in uh, my house, <laughs> not my car, Lawton Swan hanging out with you on a Thursday afternoon. And again, I want to thank everybody who's uh, been a part of this program over the past couple of weeks that we've, as we've transitioned to this uh, new normal uh, for the show. John Merriam has been phenomenal. I got to tell you, John and the engineers, uh, Matt Branscombe over at iHeart have been nothing short of fantastic for me and have gotten everything all squared away at this point. Still working on a few things here and there, but man, it has been, uh, it has been unique. It has been fun and and I'm excited about uh, the ability to do this show and to do it from home and to hang out with you and spend time talking about your Clemson Tiger. So uh, there's been this debate for a while about um, wide receiver you and who is wide receiver you. And so Reed Foster over at Sports Illustrated Dot com put together a list of players who or you know players from schools who have made their way into the NFL uh, collegiately and what has determined you know who is wide receiver you so they have gone through looking at quarterback you, looking at running back you, and this is essentially their part three. 
And so what they essentially determined, they crunched 10 years worth of data based solely on numbers, which college programs uh, have the right to brand themselves as the modern wide receiver U. And so each position, quote, U is measuring what these colleges or other colleges should strive for uh, in that regard. So 11 of Clemson's starters, uh, according to this article, who entered the league between 2010 and, and 2019, started at least one NFL game. Uh, the Tigers obviously are led by New Hopkins, who's now with the Arizona Cardinals, formerly of the Houston Texans. That still seems strange. Uh, he's got a three. He's a three uh, All-Pro appearances. Only Antonio Brown from Central Michigan has more in that respects. Uh, they say you know when you add that up, that's enough in their mind's eye to hold off uh, Michael Thomas, who led or who was kind of the leader of Ohio State's group, uh, mostly because the Buckeyes haven't had a single first-round pick in the 2010s. They're you know they're you know I think Devin Smith. According to the article, was drafted 37th back in 2015. That's their highest selection. Alabama, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, uh, etc. But they say outside of that trio, they've only had two other receivers drafted over the course of the decade. So Clemson was deemed wide receiver U, gaining 54 points, better than Ohio State's 46, better than LSU's 40, better than Alabama's 36. You got Hopkins, Watkins, Mike Williams, Martavis Bryant, Jerron Brown, Deion Kane, Jacoby Ford, Adam Humphreys, Ray Ray McLeod, Sharon Peak, and Hunter Renfro. You start to look at what these guys have done. Nuke Hopkins with 110 starts, first round draft selection. Sammy Watkins was drafted fourth overall. He's got 73 career starts. Mike Williams. Drafted seventh overall, 21 career starts. Martavis Bryant, whose career obviously floundered, but man, was he something to deal with uh, at one point in his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 18 starts. Jerron Brown's got 19 starts. Uh, On and on and on through Adam Humphreys, uh, who's had 20 starts in his career. Uh, Just a, a better run recently for Clemson than any of these other schools. I'll give you some of the top picks from some of these other programs real quick. Michael Thomas at Ohio State, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin. Those are their their top three guys so far uh, at the uh, next level. Michael Thomas was a second-round selection. He's got 57 career starts. Curtis Samuel was a second-round selection. Uh, Terry McLaurin, a third-round selection. LSU's Odell Beckham Jr., 71 career starts. Uh, He was drafted in the first round back in 2014. Brandon LaFell's a third-round draft selection back in 2010. He's got 90 career starts under his belt. And Jarvis Landry, a 2014 selection with 87 career starts. So what sort of jumps out at me, maybe more than anything, and I think it probably speaks volumes about uh, the health of Nuke Hopkins. Nuke Hopkins, who was drafted in 2013, has 110 career starts, where Odell Beckham has 71. Now, that's just uh, one of the you know, one of the ways to one of the metrics, if you will, to to look at these things. Now, uh, in terms of you know how they gave them points, you got four points for a top ten draft pick, three points for a first round, two for second or third. On and on, they had it tiered, and then they also had it by game started. Eighty plus gets five points. 
uh, 48 to 79, gets four points, so on, all the way down to one start to four starts. Just giving you one point. There were some bonus points for rookie of the year and first team, uh, all pro and offensive player of the year, et cetera, et cetera. But when you, you know, when you hunkered down and, and looked at the numbers, what Sports Illustrated came up with, and again, this is Reed Foster, was that Clemson right now, over the last decade, is wide receiver U. Now, the good news for you, listening to the program, Tim Beret is set to join us here in just a few minutes. And he was a part of that decade, and he knows these guys very well. The future for Clemson is is another part of this, you know, is is another part of this moving forward that's probably going to keep them at or near the top. And they got a lot of guys now on the roster and some in the, you know, coming recruiting classes that have a chance to continue to cement Clemson uh, as wide receiver U on the national scale. So we'll talk with Tim Bray about that coming up here in hour number two of the show that shakes the Southland. You're listening to Clemson Sports Talk. Again, you can text us 803-450-0086, 803-450-0086. Would love to have you uh, be a part of the conversation. And again, our poll question, I believe, is still up for you. Uh, who is currently your favorite former Clemson Tigers. So we'll hit a quick break and we'll come back with our number two of the show that shakes the Southland. Tim Murray joining the program, maybe even a little Tiger trivia for you on the flip side. We'll see if we can't get into some of that and much more with Tim right after a word from these sponsors. Stay with us on the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Number two, that's Drive Time right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan hanging out with you. And Tim Beret joins the program now. Tim, welcome in. Hopefully, I've got everything all squared away. How you doing, buddy? Tim, do I got you? No. What in the world? All right, got to figure out why I don't hear Tim. Tim, uh, I'll work with it, man. I'll see if I can't figure out what's going on. Uh, we had this working perfectly yesterday afternoon, but today having uh, a little hitch in the giddy up, I guess you would say, uh, in terms of uh, the conversation. Okay, maybe let me try this. Let me try this. Let me see. All right, now let me see if I got him. All right, Tim, you there? Tim, you there? I'm here. Oh, perfect. All right, now we got you. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, it happens. We're working on this. <laughs> I mean, if Dabo Sweeney's doing Zoom uh, press conferences, then then I can figure out how to get Tim Beret on the show. And, and Tim, I know that uh, this has been a, a unique time. I, I think when we look back on it, uh, our kids and, and for even uh, those of us that are older, we probably will begin to grasp even more uh, just how significant this pause on our lives has really been 
Yeah, it will be. And of course, from the, from the sports standpoint, uh, you know, how, you know, serious we, we look at it is, you know, how long this is going to go, what gets uh, canceled, states canceled and, uh, you know, things of that matter. Obviously already, we've already lost the NCAA basketball tournament for, uh, for the, for this year. And we'll just have to see what else is lost with, uh, postpone a number of uh, golf uh, tournaments and the, and the PGA uh, schedule, but, uh, and you know, some of the, some of the regular tournaments have been lost, but there, I know they want to try to eventually play the masters, play the U S open uh, and the PGA. When, when you think about the level in, in, in which we've had to stop things, uh, I know that uh, you're too young, obviously to, you know, know what it would have been like when World War II and things kind of came to a halt. But uh, from the standpoint of the significance, from somebody in, in your shoes who loves this, you know, loves sports in general, um, how, how is this affecting you, and, and how is this hitting home for you in that re- in that regard? Well, I, you know, I, I do remember talking to my dad uh, about it because my my dad was uh, in the in the war and. Um, my dad was uh, went to Notre Dame as a freshman in 1941. Was there until the spring of '43, and then, you know, he had to just pack up and 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 leave and and go into the Lucky Land Casino, asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Army, and he was there until he didn't go back to Notre Dame to finish up until... 1946. So, uh, you know, it was kind of three years and there were a lot of sports, of course, during that time that, uh, that were lost. Uh, and so it, it was, it's kind of made me reflect on some of the things my father, uh, uh told me about, uh, but certainly nothing that, um, we've experienced, um, since then, but, but, you know, you got to keep things in proper perspective these are life and death situations and so uh, some of the stories you've, you've seen about when there were some gatherings quite in the early stages of this and you know one one thing that wasn't written about very much apparently in february there was a soccer match over in uh italy in which eighty thousand people uh attended and you know the uh the, the area of italy that got hit hard it was the area where they had that um, that soccer game, and wow. so it certainly uh, makes you look at. Uh, that's why when you look at college football and and eighty thousand people coming to a to a stadium, uh, you, you better have eradicated that uh, virus as much as possible before you're going to bring that many fans into a game. And that's the the thing I've kind of been talking about here for the past week, week and a half. I my my gut was. Honestly, Tim, I thought, you know, probably in six to eight weeks, the decision will have to be made. I know you're not privy to what's going on in those rooms, but is is that where you, you would lean towards right now, maybe a month and a half to two months before a decision has to be made? Or would you expect the decision potentially to come sooner than that? 
Um, you know, I, all I can reflect or look at is what, you know, some of the coaches who have uh, said about the subject. I know Brian Kelly did uh, an interview um, either yesterday or the day before in which he, he thought that, uh, you know, teams would need at least a month of uh, before camp started. So, you know, that's basically camp's going to start on August 1st, and uh, you give them a month of conditioning before then. You know, that's kind of looking at July 1st as being a drop dead date if you're going to start on time. Right. Now, of course, you read about all kind of different things that are out there as far as, you know, you can start the season a month late, still play. You're playing nine conference games or, or whatever, and, and you kind of have a shortened season. You've even heard wilder things about the uh, season going into the spring and having an actual championship game in May. Uh, so, um, you know, who knows what they're uh, going to look at. But, but to start the season on time, you know, I would think they'd have to, uh, you know, start by – after, I'd say after the 4th of July, as far as preseason conditioning and those types of things. It is a, a time that we have never you know, never witnessed in sports history, and that's why we've got Tim Beret on with us here today to talk about it and, and to help us digest it. And, you know, you mentioned uh, the Open Championship. You mentioned the Masters. And I know how near and, and dear golf is is to you. Uh, from from you know looking at the from the the guys playing at spring at Clemson and uh, the legislation from the NCAA that'll come down now, uh, this is for you uh, been impactful because you were still very active in the golf community. Yeah, yeah, I was. I'm still basically the uh, you know the golf SID at uh, at the Clemson and. Um, yeah, you know, we had just uh, uh, played and I just won a tournament, actually, uh, the Palmetto Amateur in uh, in Aiken, and uh, really felt for uh, William Nottingham, uh, who was uh, a senior on the, on the team, and he just had shot a 65 the last day and finished third in the uh, tournament, which was the highest finish of his career, and you know, he was excited for the rest of the season, and then two days later, you know, we find out that uh, you know things are going to get uh, just shut down. So there's still some things that have to. I know the NCAA has passed the rule as far as allowing seniors to come back for another year, but of course, each conference and then each school has to evaluate, uh, you know, what they're going to what they're going to do about those the rule because there is going to be. You know, a financial uh, uh, situation to uh, to evaluate. You know, how many how many student athletes they're going to allow to do it. How many want to do it. Uh, so that all that is still kind of uh, up in the air. I did see that the Ivy League today uh, said that they were not going to allow people to allow their student athletes who were seniors to come back for a fifth year, which is kind of in keeping with their policy in, in, in general, all the Ivy League schools look at your education as a four-year uh, proposition. And so uh, they usually don't allow guys to redshirt and come back for a fifth year unless there's an extenuating um, circumstance. So uh, it will be interesting to see when the athletic directors of all these schools within the conference um, 
uh, will meet, and then they'll they'll each each announce decisions on what they're going to do. Well, that in and of itself would probably, the four-year rule would probably describe why I didn't make it into an Ivy League school <laughs> coming out of high school. Yeah. Talking with uh, Tim Beret here on Clemson Sports Talk this afternoon for about another seven, eight minutes. And Tim, I, I was fortunate enough to, one, like every Tiger fan, they need to follow you, by the way, on Twitter, but you tweeted about the story that Ivan Mazel wrote on Newt Rockney. We had Ivan on the show yesterday to discuss that, and we'll shift gears away from the current state of sports and what's going on and reflect back a little bit more with you on some of the historical significance. Being a Notre Dame graduate, being a Notre Dame guy growing up, uh, Newt Rockney's influence uh, in his short time as the head coach at Notre Dame passed away at the age of 43 in a tragic plane crash. I think it speaks volumes about what he not only meant to college football at that time when it was still in its infancy, but by the fact that his funeral was broadcast broadcast nationally, just how influential he was really from coast to coast in a lot of respects. Yeah, that was quite a story that, uh, that Ivan uh, wrote um, about you know the, the circumstances with his uh, his uh, passing and uh, you know when you think about it just put it in today's uh, you know I mean it uh, it just won the national championship with undefeated seasons in twenty nine and thirty uh, and uh, you know he was so uh, you know just respected across the uh, you know the nation and he really made Notre Dame a national school through his scheduling and he was way ahead of his time in terms of X's and O's, but he was ahead of his time and a lot of other things. And, and especially when it came to publicizing and promoting his, uh, his, his program and, uh, you know, his willingness to go play on the road in New York or out to California. Uh, he, he really, um, created a national brand, for Notre Dame was very smart in the things that he, uh, you know, that he did. You know, one of the things, the reason that Notre Dame was, uh, became so famous is that, you know, he never charged rights fees for, uh, for, for, for the radio stations to, you know, radio in 1927 and 1930 was like, you know, television is, is today. That's the way you uh, learned of a, of a team. And so, you know, he never charged rights fees because he wanted to get the brand out there as many places as possible, and and so the stations from Chicago and New York, uh, uh, you know, all came to Notre Dame or followed him on the on the road to do those uh, games. But uh, and then you know after his passing, uh, he was so well respected. It's an unbelievable number of his former players became. Um, head coaches, and I'm sure you've heard of the, the four horsemen in 1924 sure. backfield that Notre Dame had. All four of those guys went on to become head coaches, including Elmer Layden, who ended up uh, succeeding him as uh, as head coach. Uh, you know, one of the uh, stories I ran by um, uh, today, kind of in conjunction with Coach for a little tie between Clemson and and Notre Dame coach Ford is still the second winning, second youngest coach to beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Uh, he was only 31 in 1979 when uh, when Notre Dame won 16 to 10. Well, the youngest coach to beat Notre Dame in South Bend is a guy named Jack Chavezny, who uh, at the age of 27 was the head coach at Texas. 
and uh, and beat Notre Dame in South Bend in 1934. Well, actually, Jack Chavezny was a uh, a former Notre Dame player who was uh, one of Rocky's uh, best players in 19. 19- 28. In fact, he scored the tying touchdown on the win, win once for the Gipper win in uh, Yankee Stadium against Army. Uh, and he was so close to Rocky that when Rocky died in 1931, he was one of the uh, pallbearers at the funeral. And then just three years later, uh, you know, he brought the t- he was the head coach of Texas at that uh, young age and, and brought Texas team in and ended up um, beating Notre Dame in, in South Bend. You know, Tim, you you mentioned that significance of the move to you know not take those licensing rights. That is really, I, I guess, now that's what's propelled Notre Dame to be a, a program that, through my entire life, as whether they whether you know on the outside looking in, they seem that they're going to be a you know a top team. They're always someone that's out there and, and lurking, and it's amazing to me that almost a hundred years later, ninety years or so later, that you know that. That influence is still being felt today. Yeah, it really is an amazing, uh, you know, amazing story um, that, you know, Notre Dame moved the needle in 1930 and it, and it still does. Uh, obviously, if it hasn't had the success that they had when Rocky was the coach or uh, Frank Leahy or, or Air Parsegian or, or Lou Holtz. Uh, but they still have a program that everybody is uh, is interested in. Uh, when, you know, when Notre Dame came to Clemson five years ago, um, you know there was uh, you know the the interest in that game was uh, like none other that I had, had seen. And of course, sure. the fact that you don't play Notre Dame every year makes the games um, uh, special. And uh, of course, the two teams are scheduled to play this year on November the seventh and in South Bend. And I know uh, a lot of Clemson people are planning to make, uh, make the trip uh, up there. Yeah. Look, that's even a game, you know, I I know we have a role in in the media. I know you uh, in the sports information department have a role that, that, that you played for so many years for Clemson. That's a game, Tim, where I put off the media hat and I sat in the stands with the fans. I mean, as a Clemson graduate, I said, Notre Dame's not coming into Death Valley and I'm not going to not be able to cheer for the Tigers. Just being fair, I'm going to be a Clemson student again and enjoy the game. And that's exactly what I did. But, you know, there are programs like that that carry that weight. You know, I thought the first time Miami came into Death Valley, to be honest with you, they brought that same national appeal then, maybe not so much now, but then that it made made me want to witness, you know, their program uh, coming into the stadium. And that's exactly, you know, what Notre Dame brings, no matter who they're taking on. And when you're a kid like you growing up pulling for the the Fighting Irish, uh, those memories for you and your dad and your your family uh, have to be tremendous still for you personally. Yeah, no, they uh, they, uh, they still are. And it is a. it is a testament to Notre Dame that that uh, feeling and fervor, whether you love them or you hate them, is still they still uh, you know has been so strong for so many uh, for so many years. So uh, it's it's still continues today. Tim, listen, we always appreciate your time. I know the uh, 
Uh, Tiger Trivia with Tim Beret app is a fantastic get for anybody, especially now that everybody's uh, cooped up in their homes. Uh, log in, uh, have a little fun with that app with your family and friends, and we look forward to Tim having you back on next week. We're glad we got our phones up and going, and we do appreciate you being a part of the show. Glad to do it. Good to talk to you, Laden. Tim Beret again, uh, just a such an insightful. Uh, such a you know a, a wealth of not only Clemson knowledge but also uh, Notre Dame knowledge and, and his app. If you're watching the show right here uh, on my phone, Tiger Trivia by Tim Beret. Uh, lots of fun. We may have, you know maybe, <laughs> maybe you know I've got who's your who's currently your your favorite Clemson Tiger player up as the the poll question uh, of the day so to speak for. Uh, the the listeners of this program over on Facebook, maybe what I should do is uh, have some Tiger trivia questions for you. I mean, Tim's got a lot of great stories built in there as well, but, uh, you know, bowl games. Bowl games. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I could get, have like a – I guess – you know what? I, you know what I think I might do? Honestly – I think I, I can put out polls, and I'll, I'll I'll put the poll question up. You can vote on it, and we'll see how you guys do. Oh, like, this question is hard. Very hard. This former Tiger had a Clemson Bowl record 22 tackles in the Tigers' 17-15 victory over Ohio State in the 1978 Gator Bowl. Now, I don't know what you think or the answer that you have. Is it Bubba Brown? Randy Scott? Jim Stuckey? Or Jonathan Brooks? I'll be honest. I don't know the answer. And I don't mean to offend, but I don't even know who Jonathan Brooks is. Like, I've heard of Randy Scott. I've heard of Bubba Brown. I know Jim Stuckey. I don't know Jonathan Brooks, but maybe Brooks is the guy. We'll find out when we get back with more of the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan with you. And I got to tell you, I got a sneaky feeling some of you folks are going to be excited about this next segment. I just do because I know you. You've been a part of the program for so long. Much like uh, our guest, Lowell, the producer extraordinaire, joining us here on a Thursday. Lowell, my man, what's up? Bada boom. Real in the room. How you doing? Listen, well, you know, well, I think I'm doing about as good as as everybody right now. Just uh, getting by as best we can, and uh, hope you're doing well. Now, are you uh, currently in the Midlands, or, or what's your 1020, as they say in the business? <laughs> no, I'm I'm still in Somerville. Um, you know, we're not really going anywhere right now. I'm kind of on standby and. Um, 
just waiting to see what's going to happen, man. It's been crazy. No, it really has. We just had Tim Beret on to talk a little bit about the significance of of everything, really, Lowell. And uh, you know, look, people people who've been around this show for many years, they know how much you love sports. What what have the last you know what has the last three weeks four weeks been like for for Lowell the producer? Well, the the good news for me is, uh, <laughs> well, it's good or bad depending on your perspective, I guess. But I'm still working, so I'm still able to to leave the house, and so I, you know I'm not sitting around getting stir crazy like like a lot of my friends are. Um, but I mean it's. I, I've hated it, man. You know, the month of March is such a fun month because, you know, you, you're you're really getting into the playoff race for the NBA. March yeah. Madness is ticking into gear. College baseball is starting up. And then just poof, it's all gone. And as a result, um, I, the month of March felt like it lasted five years. Um, so it's, it's, you know, there's good and bad. I, I'm not. The good is I'm not going crazy just sitting in my apartment, but the bad is, yeah, I, I really miss watching live sports. Well, and, and you know, of course, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm now doing the show from uh, the Palatial 108 Studios. I'm no longer at Greystone Boulevard, so I'm I'm doing the show from my house, and it, it's it's been a change. But I think, and and you're in a little different circumstance because you know you're away from your family. But I think for a lot of people, this has really brought us a little bit back to center because we don't have sports to focus on. And I, I saw uh, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott was asked about the potential of you know having potential you know maybe not having a college football season and he said what it does though is that it, it reinforces how important sports seem to be to the american psyche uh, just the way we feel a sense of loss about them would you agree with that uh, yeah to an extent let me let me tell you this money the, the quickest way to at least in the south to you know, flatten the curve and, and kind of get past this thing would be to tell everybody, hey, if y'all don't go inside, we're not going to have a football season. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I promise you everybody would go inside. That's a good point. No, it's, a, it's a good point. And, you know, as we sit here today, uh, April 2nd, uh, there, there's still some time available to straighten this thing out, but – you know, as a, a guy in this industry, we're often asked to give our opinions on things. I, I said last week, I thought we had about six to eight weeks to straighten this out. I said earlier today, I may have been a little bit uh, lengthy in my timeline. I, I think it might have to be sooner in order for, you know, the curve to, quote, be flattened and for college football to be a reality. Where's your mind right now on, you know, the chances that in September you're getting to see the Tigers play? It's in real danger. And, I mean, you have to consider this, too. They're not getting any spring practice right now, so they're not getting any. And I know they're working out on their own and, and doing all that kind of things, but they're not getting the the football conditioning. And so by the time fall rolls around, even, you know, assuming we even have um, a fall practice, these guys aren't going to be in any kind of shape to go out on a football field and play for 60 minutes. And I, I know they're, they're great athletes and they're, they're young and they're in shape, but if you don't have 
the conditioning, not even setting aside the playbook stuff for like the freshmen having to come in and learn the playbook and the schemes and all that kind of stuff. Just the, from the perspective of their health and being in shape, nobody in college football. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Number two, that's Drive Time right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan hanging out with you. And Tim Beret joins the program now. Tim, welcome in. Hopefully, I've got everything all squared away. How you doing, buddy? Tim, do I got you? No. What in the world? All right, got to figure out why I don't hear Tim. Tim, uh, I'll work with it, man. I'll see if I can't figure out what's going on. Uh, we had this working perfectly yesterday afternoon, but today having uh, a little hitch in the giddy up, I guess you would say, uh, in terms of uh, the conversation. Okay, maybe let me try this. Let me try this. Let me see. All right, now let me see if I got him. All right, Tim, you there? Tim, you there? I'm here. Oh, perfect. All right, now we got you. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, it happens. We're working on this. <laughs> I mean, if Dabo Sweeney's doing Zoom uh, press conferences, then then I can figure out how to get Tim Beret on the show. And, and Tim, I know that uh, this has been a, a unique time. I, I think when we look back on it, uh, our kids and and for even uh, those of Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Us that are older, we probably will begin to grasp even more uh, just how significant this pause on our lives has really been. Yeah, it will be. And of course, from the, from the sports standpoint, uh, you know, how, you know, serious we, we look at it is, you know, how long this is going to go, what gets uh, canceled, states canceled and, uh, you know, things of that matter. Obviously already, we've already lost the NCAA basketball tournament for, uh, for the, for this year. And we'll just have to see what else is lost with, uh, postpone a number of uh, golf uh, tournaments and the, and the PGA uh, schedule, but, uh, and you know, some of the, some of the regular tournaments have been lost, but there, I know they want to try to eventually play the masters, play the U S open uh, and the PGA. When, when you think about the level in, in which we've had to stop things, uh, I know that uh, you're too young, obviously to, you know, know what it would have been like when World War II and things kind of came to a halt. But 
uh, from the standpoint of the significance from somebody in, in your shoes who loves the you know love sports in general um how, how is this affecting you and, and how is this hitting home for you in that re- in that regard Well, I, you know, I, I do remember talking to my dad uh, about it because my my dad was uh, in the in the war, and um, it, my dad was uh, went to Notre Dame as a freshman in 1941, was there until the spring of '43, and then, you know, he had to just pack up and and and, and leave and and go into the uh, army, and he was there until he didn't go back to Notre Dame to finish up until. 1946. So, uh, you know, it was kind of three years and there were a lot of sports, of course, during that time that, uh, that were lost. Uh, and so it, it was, it's kind of made me reflect on some of the things my father, uh, uh told me about, uh, but certainly nothing that, um, we've experienced, um, since then, but, but, you know, you have to keep things in proper perspective is a life or death situations. And so uh, some of the stories you've, you've seen about when there were some gatherings quite in the early stages of this. And, you know, one, one thing that wasn't written about very much, apparently in February, there was a soccer match over in uh, Italy in which 80,000 people uh, attended. And, you know, the, uh, the, the area of Italy that got hit hard was the area where they had that, um, that soccer game, and wow. so it certainly uh, makes you look at. Uh, that's why when you look at college football and and eighty thousand people coming to a to a stadium, uh, you, you better have eradicated that uh, virus as much as possible before you're going to bring that many fans into a game. And that's the the thing I've kind of been talking about here for the past week week and a half. I my my gut was. Honestly, Tim, I thought, you know, probably in six to eight weeks, the decision will have to be made. I know you're not privy to what's going on in those rooms, but is is that where you, you would lean towards right now, maybe a month and a half to two months before a decision has to be made? Or would you expect the decision potentially to come sooner than that? Um, you know, I... All I can reflect or look at is what you know. Some of the coaches who've, who've uh, said about the subject. I know Brian Kelly did uh, an interview um, either yesterday or the day before, in which he he thought that uh, you know teams would need at least a month of uh, before camp started. So you know that's basically camp's going to start on August first, and uh, you give them a month of conditioning before then. You know, that's kind of looking at July 1st as being a drop dead date if you're going to start on time. Right. Now, of course, you read about all kind of different things that are out there as far as, you know, you can start the season a month late, still play, you're playing nine conference games or, or whatever, and, and you kind of have a shortened season. You've even heard wilder things about the uh, season going into the spring and have a national championship game in May. Uh, so, um, you know, who knows what they're uh, going to look at, but, but to start the season on time, you know, I would think they'd have to, uh, you know, start by after, I'd say after the 4th of July, as far as preseason conditioning and those types of things. 
It is a, a time that we have never you know, never witnessed in sports history, and that's why we've got Tim Beret on with us here today to talk about it and, and to help us digest it. And you know, you mentioned uh, the Open Championship, you mentioned the Masters, and I know how near and, and dear golf is is to you. Uh, from from you know looking at the from the the guys playing at spring at Clemson and uh, the legislation from the NCAA that'll come down now, uh, this is for you uh, been impactful because you were still very active in the golf community. Yeah, yeah, I was. I'm still basically the uh, you know the golf SID at uh, at the Clemson and. Um, yeah, you know, we had just uh, uh, played and I just won a tournament, actually, uh, the Palmetto Amateur in uh, in Aiken, and uh, really felt for uh, William Nottingham, uh, who was uh, a senior on the, on the team, and he just had shot a 65 the last day and finished third in the uh, tournament, which was the highest finish of his career, and you know, he was excited for the rest of the season, and then two days later, you know, we find out that uh, you know things are going to get uh, just shut down. So there's still some things that have to. I know the NCAA has passed the rule as far as allowing the seniors to come back for another year, but of course, each conference and then each school has to evaluate, uh, you know, what they're going to what they're going to do about those the rule because there is going to be. You know, a financial uh, uh, situation to uh, to evaluate. You know, how many how many student athletes they're going to allow to do it. How many want to do it. Uh, so that all that is still kind of uh, up in the air. I did see that the Ivy League today uh, said that they were not going to allow people to allow their student athletes who were seniors to come back for a fifth year, which is kind of in keeping with their policy in, in, in general, all the Ivy League schools look at your education as a four-year uh, proposition. And so uh, they usually don't allow guys to redshirt and come back for a fifth year unless there's an extenuating um, circumstance. So uh, it will be interesting to see when the athletic directors of all these schools within the conference um, are, will meet and then they'll, they'll each, each announce decisions and what they're going to do. Well, that in and of itself would probably, the four-year rule would probably describe why I didn't make it into an Ivy League school <laughs> coming out of high school. Yeah. Talking with uh, Tim Beret here on Clemson Sports Talk this afternoon for about another seven, eight minutes. And Tim, I, I was fortunate enough to, one, like every Tiger fan, they need to follow you, by the way, on Twitter, but you tweeted about the story that Ivan Mazel wrote on Newt Rockney. We had Ivan on the show yesterday to discuss that, and we'll shift gears away from the current state of sports and what's going on and reflect back a little bit more with you on some of the historical significance. Being a Notre Dame graduate, being a Notre Dame guy growing up, uh, Newt Rockney's influence uh, in his short time as the head coach at Notre Dame passed away at the age of 43 in a tragic plane crash. I think it speaks volumes about what he not only meant to college football at that time when it was still in its infancy, but by the fact that his funeral was broadcast broadcast nationally, just how influential he was really from coast to coast in a lot of respects. Yeah, that was quite a story that, uh, that Ivan uh, wrote um, about you know the, the circumstances with his 
is the passing. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, just put it in today's, uh, you know, I mean, it, uh, it just won the national championship with undefeated seasons in 29 and 30. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was so, uh, you know, just respected across the, uh, you know, the nation. And he really made Notre Dame a national school through his scheduling. And he was way ahead of his time in terms of X's and O's, but he was ahead of his time and a lot of other things. And, and especially when it came to publicizing and promoting his, uh, his, his program and, uh, you know, his willingness to go play on the road in New York or out to California. Uh, he, he really, um, created a national brand for Notre Dame he was very smart. And the things that he, uh, you know, that he did, you know, one of the things, the reason that Notre Dame was, uh, became so famous is that, you know, he never charged rights fees for, uh, for, for, for the radio stations to, you know, radio in 1927 and 1930 was like, you know, television is, is today. That's the way you uh, learned of a, of a team. And so, you know, he never charged rights fees because he wanted to get the brand out there as many places as possible. And, and so the stations from Chicago and New York, uh, uh, you know, all came to Notre Dame or followed him on the, on the road to do those, uh, games. But, uh, and then, you know, after his passing, uh, he was so well respected. It's an unbelievable number of his former players became, um, head coaches. And I'm sure you've heard of the, the four horsemen in 1924 sure. backfield that Notre Dame had all four of those guys went on to become head coaches, including Elmer Layden, who ended up, uh, succeeding him as, uh, as head coach. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, stories I ran by um, uh, today, kind of in conjunction with Coach Ford, a little tie between Clemson and Notre Dame. Coach Ford is still the second winning, second youngest coach to beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Uh, he was only 31 in 1979 when uh, when Notre Dame won 16-10. to 10. Well, the youngest coach to beat Notre Dame in South Bend is a guy named Jack Chavezny who uh, at the age of 27 was the head coach at Texas and uh, and beat Notre Dame in South Bend in 1934. Well, actually, Jack Chavezny was a, uh, a former Notre Dame. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Player who was uh, one of Rocky's uh, best players in 19. 19- 28. In fact, he scored the tying touchdown on the win, win one for the Gipper win in uh, Yankee Stadium against Army. Uh, and he was so close to Rocky that when Rocky died in 1931, he was one of the uh, pallbearers at the funeral. And then just three years later, uh, you know, he brought the t- he was the head coach of Texas at that uh, young age and, and brought Texas team in and ended up um, beating Notre Dame in, in South Bend. 
You know, Tim, you, you mentioned that significance of the move to, you know, not take those licensing rights that is really, I, I guess now that's what's propelled Notre Dame to be a, a program that through my entire life is whether they, whether, you know, on the outside looking in, they seem that they're going to be a, you know, a top team. They're always someone that's out there and, and lurking. And it's amazing to me that almost a hundred years later, 90 years or so later that, you know, that influence is still being felt today. Yeah, it really is an amazing, uh, you know, amazing story um, that, you know, Notre Dame moved the needle in 1930 and it, and it still does. Uh, obviously, they haven't had the success that they had when Rocky was the coach or uh, Frank Leahy or, or Eric Barsegian or, or Lou Holtz. Uh, but they still have a program that everybody is uh, is interested in. Uh, when you know when Notre Dame came to Clemson five years ago, um, you know there was uh, you know the the interest in that game was uh, like none other that I had, had seen. And of course, sure. the fact that you don't play Notre Dame every year makes the games um, uh, special. And uh, of course, the two teams are scheduled to play this year on November the seventh and in South Bend. And I know uh, a lot of Clemson people are planning to make, uh, make the trip uh, up there. Yeah. Look, that's even a game, you know, I I know we have a role in in the media. I know you uh, in the sports information department have a role that, that, that you played for so many years for Clemson. That's a game, Tim, where I put off the media hat and I sat in the stands with the fans. I mean, as a Clemson graduate, I said, Notre Dame's not coming into Death Valley and I'm not going to not be able to cheer for the Tigers. Just being fair, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a Clemson student again and enjoy the game. And that's exactly what I did. But, you know, there are programs like that that carry that weight. You know, I thought the first time Miami came into Death Valley, to be honest with you, they brought that same national appeal then, maybe not so much now, but then that it, it made Made me want to witness, you know, their program uh, coming into the stadium, and that's exactly, you know, what Notre Dame brings, no matter who they're taking on. And when you're a kid like you, growing up pulling for the the Fighting Irish, uh, those memories for you and your dad and your your family uh, have to be tremendous still for you personally. Yeah, no, they uh, they uh, still are, and it is uh, it is a testament to Notre Dame that that. Uh, feeling and fervor, whether you love them or you hate them, is still they still uh, you know has been so strong for so many uh, for so many years. So uh, it's it's still continues today. Tim, listen, we always appreciate your time. I know the uh, uh, Tiger trivia with Tim Beret app is a fantastic get for anybody, especially now that everybody's uh, cooped up in their homes. Uh, log in, uh, have a little fun with that app with your family and friends, and we look forward to Tim having you back on next week. We're glad we got our phones up and going, and we do appreciate you being a part of the show. Glad to do it. Good to talk to you, Lawton. Tim Beret again, uh, just a such an insightful. Uh, such a you know a, a wealth of not only Clemson knowledge but also uh, Notre Dame knowledge and, and his app. If you're watching the show right here uh, on my phone, Tiger Trivia by Tim Beret. Uh, lots of fun. We may have, you know maybe, <laughs> maybe you know I've got who's your who's currently your your favorite Clemson Tiger player up as the the poll question uh, of the day so to speak for. Uh, the the listeners of this program, 
over on Facebook. Maybe what I should do is uh, have some Tiger trivia questions for you. I mean, Tim's got a lot of great stories built in there as well, but, uh, you know, bowl games. Bowl games. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I could get, have like a. I guess you know what I, you know what I think I might do. Honestly, I think I, I can put out polls, and I'll 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 put the poll question up. You can vote on it, and we'll see how you guys do. Oh, like this question is hard, very hard. This former Tiger had a Clemson bowl record, twenty-two tackles. In the Tigers' 17-15 victory over Ohio State in the 1978 Gator Bowl. Now, I don't know what you think or the answer that you have. Is it Bubba Brown? Randy Scott? Jim Stuckey? Or Jonathan Brooks? I'll be honest. I don't know the answer. And I don't mean to offend, but I don't even know who Jonathan Brooks is. Like, I've heard of Randy Scott. I've heard of Bubba Brown. I know Jim Stuckey. I don't know Jonathan Brooks, but maybe Brooks is the guy. We'll find out when we get back with more of the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan with you. And I got to tell you, I got a sneaky feeling some of you folks are going to be excited about this next segment. I just do because I know you. You've been a part of the program for so long. Much like uh, our guest, Lowell, the producer extraordinaire, joining us here on a Thursday. Lowell, my man, what's up? Bada boom. Real in the room. How you doing? Listen, well, you know, well, I think I'm doing about as good as as everybody right now. Just uh, getting by as best we can, and uh, hope you're doing well. Now, are you uh, currently in the Midlands, or, or what's your 1020, as they say in the business? <laughs> no, I'm I'm still in Somerville. Um, you know, we're not really going anywhere right now. I'm kind of on standby and. Um, just waiting to see what's going to happen, man. It's been crazy. No, it really has. We just had Tim Bure on to talk a little bit about the significance of of everything, really, Lowell. And uh, you know, look, people people who've been around this show for many years, they know how much you love sports. What what have the last you know what has the last three weeks, four weeks been like for for Lowell the producer? Well, the the good news for me is, uh, (laughs) well, it's good or bad, depending on your perspective, I guess, but I'm still working. So I'm still able to to leave the house. And so, you know, I'm not sitting around getting stir crazy like like a lot of my friends are. Um, But, I mean, it's – I've hated it, man. You know, the month of March is such a fun month because, you know, you're – you're really getting into the playoff race for the NBA. 
March yeah. Madness is kicking into gear. College baseball is starting up. And then just poof, it's all gone. And as a result, um, I, the month of March felt like it lasted five years. Um, so it's, it's you know, there's good and bad. I, I'm not, the good is I'm not going crazy just sitting in my apartment. But the bad is, yeah, I, I really miss watching live sports. Well, and, and, you know, of course, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm now doing the show from uh, the Palatial 108 Studios. I'm no longer at Greystone Boulevard, so I'm I'm doing the show from my house, and it, it's it's been a change, but I think, and, and you're in a little different circumstance because, you know, you're away from your family, but I think for a lot of people, this has really brought us a little bit back to center because we don't have sports to focus on, and I, I saw uh, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott was asked about the potential of, you know, having Potential, you know, maybe not having a college football season, and he said, "What it does, though, is that it, it reinforces how important sports seem to be to the American psyche. Uh, just the way we feel a sense of loss about them. Would you agree with that?" Uh, yeah, to an extent. Let me let me tell you this, Swanee. The, the quickest way to, at least in the South to, you know, flatten the curve and, and kind of get past this thing would be to tell everybody, hey, if y'all don't go inside, we're not going to have a football season. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I promise you everybody would go inside. That's a good point. No, it's, a, it's a good point. And, you know, as we sit here today, uh, April 2nd, uh, there, there's still some time available to straighten this thing out, but – you know, as a, a guy in this industry, we're often asked to give our opinions on things. I, I said last week, I thought we had about six to eight weeks to straighten this out. I said earlier today, I may have been a little bit uh, lengthy in my timeline. I, I think it might have to be sooner in order for, you know, the curve to, quote, be flattened and for college football to be a reality. Where's your mind right now on, you know, the chances that in September you're getting to see the Tigers play? It's in real danger. And, I mean, you have to consider this, too. They're not getting any spring practice right now, so they're not getting any. And I know they're working out on their own and and doing all that kind of things, but they're not getting the the football conditioning. And so by the time fall rolls around, even, you know, assuming we even have um, a fall practice, these guys aren't going to be in any kind of shape to go out on a football field and play for 60 minutes. And I, I know they're, they're great athletes and they're, they're young and they're in shape, but if you don't have the conditioning, not even setting aside the playbook stuff for like the freshmen having to come in and learn the playbook and the schemes and all that kind of stuff, just the, from the perspective of their health and being in shape, nobody in college football, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.